welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I'm your host, Courtney, and I'm super passionate about moving and thinking. On this show, we are going to dive into all things health, fitness, personal development, lifestyle, and political sociocultural. I've always been fascinated by people, and I love learning from the experiences and stories of others. This has been a treat for me, and I hope this is enjoyable and useful for you. As always, if you have any questions, comments, or any way that I can make this a better experience for you, please don't hesitate to reach out. Welcome to the Courtney Turner Podcast. I am here today with my friend Brock Laurie. He is an author, an attorney, and a radio host and podcast host. How are you doing today? Doing great. Thanks for having me on your show. I'm so excited to be here. It's going to be a lot of fun. This is going to be so fun. I'm super, super excited about this. Um, And I have to share this. So this is I don't usually do in person because the way that some of my audience knows this, but a lot of people don't know this, but the reason I started this was mostly because, you know, we were very locked down in California and I was really depressed, really, I just felt isolated, I was anxious and I was, I needed human interaction. and. Yeah. So one of the things I started doing was reading a lot. I, I had really tried to write, but that didn't work because I was so anxious and overwhelmed and depressed. And I'm an empath and I could feel just right. the weight of all the anxiety in the world. So I sat at the computer the first day of 10 hours and got nothing done. And I said, okay, this is not gonna work. And I, I am a creative, so I know that creative process and you really can't force it. Right. So, you know, there's, there's something to be said for discipline. There's also something to be said for you need to be inspired. So. Yeah. There's a balance, and I knew there's times where you just can't push that. So, uh, as you know, being an author, yep. <laughs> so you, you know that well. Um, and so I was like, okay, well, I'm going to start reading. So I, just, I literally, like, ordered a whole bunch of books. And right. and then and I loved that process. That was awesome. I had all this time, you know. I had both my jobs were done. The, the new career I just started was done. And so I had lots of time. And uh, I started reading. But then I was like, I have nobody to talk to about all these things. <sighs> And I was, and my like poor that. mother, <laughs> who I chewed her year off, and right. I was like, okay, I, I need to figure out, and people had suggested this podcast idea, mm-hmm. and I was like, that would be awesome. Maybe somebody wants to talk to me about all these things, wow, <laughs> and hopefully great. somebody wants to listen. So, yeah. it's a real treat to be able to do this in person, because I've been doing this all on Zoom, yeah. so all that to say. It's a lot more fun to be in yeah. person, yeah. and it's very much something that I really have been pushing, uh, and it's funny that you mentioned about COVID because the way people have responded to the COVID thing has been very interesting. I mean, you probably have noticed a pattern that those who are very, uh, people of faith, let's put it that Mm -hmm. way, of of strong faith, and to a lesser extent, uh, people who are conservative, but still there's a correlation. I I, I see things in in correlations all the time. Sure. That's my thing, correlations. (laughs) um, Correlation, not causation necessarily, but correlation. And and very often there is a causation as well. But for example, uh, you know, correlation, um, uh, people who are uh, happy, Mm-hmm. Uh, are they? They are. Are more of them of the unfaithful people who don't have faith mm-hmm. versus the people who do fa- have faith? Sure. What is happiness? Uh, people who are um, willing to take chances, for mm-hmm. example. Um, and I see yeah. that there are patterns that are involved in that. So right. anyway, I, the reason why I bring it up is during the COVID days, I knew right away mm-hmm. there's something wrong with this. It's not what God wants from us. He wants us to congregate. He wants us to communicate and to connect. Yeah. Um, that is very important for God. And I think it's it's natural in our instinct to want to connect. Yeah. So 
I, I knew it would be destructive to my children. I have young children, three okay. young children, okay. 15, uh, 12, and 8. Oh, wow. Yeah. And I, I knew that this would be very bad for them if I, first of all, if I, if I scared them. Of course. To think, oh, there's this dreaded disease. You might die. I, I didn't want it. I didn't want that. And I knew it was wrong. Yeah. Right? So what did we do? We went out. We went running. We went biking. Oh, we took trip. Yay. We took more trips in 2020 than I've ever taken in my entire life. Really? On planes, uh, everywhere. We That's went, amazing. Yeah. I, I, could, I mean, I feel like Johnny Cash, you know, that song, I've been everywhere, man. <laughs> so I could almost list it, but I would have to remember it all. So um, I, I, I just knew that it would be dangerous for the kids yeah. to, first of all, scare them, and then secondly, to keep them isolated from their social interactions. Yeah. So right away, we just especially, we had play dates with like-minded parents, and, and that's how it worked. Yeah, and especially children, uh, I, I mean, I think for all people, but children certainly under the age of seven, yeah. to be isolated, so much of their personality development, their cognitive function, their uh, coping mechanism for navigating the world yeah. come from social interaction. Yeah. And to deprive a, them of that is, yeah. I, I think it's really cruel. We, we are social beings. We need to interact one way or the other. And it's, it's all good and well to wash your hands more often. It's all good and well, maybe even to socially distance with the six feet thing. Okay, I get that. Mm -hmm. But to, to close down all businesses, to, you know, to run across the street when you're you know, walking or jogging in, on your side of the street, it's a little insane. <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, it's more Just than insane. Just sit in a car by yourself and like... Yeah, what's up with that? I, I, I don't yeah. know. It's, it's, a, it's a frightening thing. So, but that's social interaction and COVID and such. Yeah. So, uh, going back to, you know, the, the connection thing that we're yeah. talking about. Look, um, and this kind of relates to everything maybe that we'll be talking about, but I, um, I, I see everything in the context of what God wants from us. Okay. Not just what he wants from me, but what he wants from us as humankind. Right. And I, I know, I know, he, he wants us to connect. He wants us to be... Well, to, so much of our... Uh, to bring out the best of each other, yeah. Oh, I, I was just going to say, and then I want to hear the rest of that, but mm -hmm. I was going to say, so much of our survival from primordial man is from social interaction. Right. Like, human, human being could not have survived as no man is an island, you know? No, exactly right. And, and people go, they, they rip themselves apart uh, mentally, physically, when they are isolated from everyone else. The greatest torture you could do, and I discussed this in my book, uh, Rise of the Sex Machines. Okay. Um, the greatest torture you can impose upon anybody is not, uh, what, it, what do they call it, the, um, the water torture thing or anything Waterboarding. Like. Waterboarding. Mm -hmm. uh, or putting them on a rack and stretching them, which is bad. I'm not saying it's a good thing. But the <laughs> not worst, my first choice. Right. The worst torture, if you really want to break somebody, yeah. is solitary confinement. That's the worst punishment. We we now know it breaks them down completely and, and permanently affects anybody suffering through solitary confinement. So, uh, like the movie uh, where Tom Hanks plays, I forget the name of the movie, where he's on an island and he crashed oh. and there's there's the... Castaway? Castaway, yeah. that's it. Um, I, 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 we all feel for his pain sure. being alone. Yep. And he can't survive. And he gets to the point where he creates a relationship with a volleyball. Yo. And he actually paints it. I mean, as bad as it is, it's real to him. 
and he cries yeah. when he loses it. And, and it's a, a coping mechanism it's for It's a coping him. mechanism. Yeah. He, we must have relationships. Yeah. And But you don't need relationships if you don't believe in God. That's the funny thing about it. So, you, so we, we I, know this instinct to have relationships, but we, we reject it. It, by rejecting God, we reject all the things that flow with God. So I, and you can tell me if you disagree with this, but I, my thought is not that we don't need it if we reject God. Mm -hmm. I, I think it's that we reject the notion that we need it, but that mm -hmm. that's more denial because right. human beings still don't survive. I mean, that's why there's a movie, Castaway, where he right. befriends a volleyball. Right, exactly right. <laughs> we, that, that's why they made that movie, because it's true. Human beings yeah. need social interaction, and they cannot survive in a prolonged isolation. So just because we may deny, the, you can say that we don't, you can tell yourself you don't need water, but right. after three days, you know, you're going to find that that might yeah. be a lie. You know? <laughs> That's true. That's, it, it, it is just like water. It is. We, yeah. we crave relationships. If you were to be alone for two or three days, mm -hmm. you, would, you really would go a little bit crazy. Yeah. All of us would. Yeah. But we take it for granted in the same way that we take air for granted. Yep. Right? So, but, but we take away air in this room, and pretty soon, that's all we'll be thinking about. Right? For sure. <laughs> that's, give me air. That's it. <laughs> so, and relationships are very important. Um, but look, this is, this is something you and I spoke offline, mm -hmm. as it were. Yeah. I, I, I love asking what appear to be basic questions, but... We're living in a time where we have to revisit why we do the things that we do. Yes. Right? So uh, I, I ask basic questions like, uh, I mean, from the silly, like, why do we write from left to right yeah. in English? Yeah, great. And in Hebrew, <laughs> really it's made from, me think. <laughs> <laughs> from Hebrew from right to left. So there are reasons for it. But we don't have to get to that. I was apparently the only person who's ever answered that yes, correctly. Yes, <laughs> I was very impressed so. with that. Uh, and the answer for that, by the way, is yeah, because... No. In the ancient languages, uh, it's the way people, all languages are written for right-handed people. So in the ancient languages, um, if you were to write, uh, you would write with a tablet and stone. And if you're right-handed, you go like this, which is left to right. Okay. Now in more modern languages like English and all the Latin languages, you write from left to right if you're right-handed, you prefer it, because with a feather and the ink, you're not going to smudge. And I'm left-handed, so I smudge <laughs> So she all understands. Yeah. She feels the pain. <laughs> um, but it's it's interesting, right? Yeah. So that's but but putting that aside, the other questions that really fascinate me, like why do we say hello? Why do we feel the need to nod to each other, even mm -hmm. if we're just passing each other in the hallway? Mm -hmm. Why? Right? I mean, it's just yeah. what, do we really need to? Why don't we just walk past each other, ignore each other's existence? But we don't. We normally don't do that. Normally. No. We, we feel awkward when somebody doesn't acknowledge our existence. We all, as human beings, we all need to be validated. Right. Yeah. And, and the question is why, right? So, mm -hmm. and, and we'll, I want to talk about that because yeah. we talk about philosophy class and everything else. Yeah, I want to hear so this. It's this. really fun. Uh, and then the question of how are you? Why, why do we say how are you? Okay. You know, because so, we don't really mean that we want to hear your life story. But it's a way of, you know, if I tell you, well, let me tell you, I have this wart that I'm trying to get rid of. Um, I had a headache last night. I didn't know how to get rid of it. You know, like that. And, right. oh, my wife. Now, you, you, don't, you don't talk you like that. You want to show the person that you, you care that they exist and that you care That's how they're doing. Yeah. That's what it is. But, again, it begs the question, well, why, why should you care mm -hmm. about my existence? Why? 
And then, a, and then we'll get to a more powerful question, which is why do we say please and thank you? Right. right why? And, and you're welcome to a lesser extent. And, and I, it fascinated me. Mm-hmm. Courtney, I, I gotta tell you, I, I couldn't wrap my mind around why people get so insulted if you don't say please. If I, if I were to tell me, hey, pass me your, your iPhone right there, mm-hmm. give it to me. Well, so if I, that one, it presupposes that you're demanding right. that I do it, and two, that I don't have the free will to say no. Yeah, bingo. <laughs> free will. That's right. So, but even the atheist mm-hmm. who categorically rejects God, the existence of God, sure. mocks they, they God, staunchly, and so forth. They're not agnostic yeah. and unsure. They deny, they totally deny that there's any possibility. Yeah. That person always. Even he will get upset if you were to say that. How dare you speak to me like that, he would say. And he doesn't realize that he's actually evoking a godly uh, concern Mm -hmm. when he does that. Because the the reality is that even he is offended. And he doesn't know why he's offended. Because he still thinks he's endowed with free will. He may not think that God gave him that inalienable. Yeah. The reason, I mean, and, and look, and, and the way I figured this all out is I... Yeah, so you said, said that a philosophy class is how, is, is this where you... Well, uh, okay, I want to get okay. to that because it's a lot of fun. Give me this first and then, yeah, I want to hear that. So the way I figured out the thank you and the please yeah. business is, well, I don't say thank you or please to my dog, for right. example. I, I don't say, you know, uh, his name is Samson, by the way, very cool. Oh. Uh, hey, Samson, what's that? What kind of dog? He's a mutt, he's a mix, oh. a rescue. Very cute dog. I don't say, Samson, what do you think? Uh, would you, if I throw you this stick out there, would, would it be okay with you, please, to bring back right. the stick and, and we'll do it over and over again? What, what do you think about that? No, Samson I say, fetch. Samson <laughs> has instincts and he knows to fetch. Right. I'm not worried about his free will and he's not worried about his free will. Right. In fact, I, I walk with him and you know what I do? I put a leash on him, I do. Mm-hmm. That's how he doesn't care about his own freedom. Right? He, right. In fact, he wants the leash. Because he wants to be guided. He and wants know to be that guided. he's safe and yeah. protected. So he, animals don't have free they're will. They're pack animals, and right. so they need a leader. Right. They, they, they don't yearn for freedom like you and I do. Likewise, with your iPhone, since we spoke about iPhones, yeah. um, you don't say, you know, hey, Siri, or hey, Google, or whatever. Uh, would it be all right with you? Could, can you please tell me the time, what, or the weather, or what? And, no, you just say, what's the time? Right. That's it. Yeah. And that fascinated me. So why is it that Siri and my dog don't get upset? (laughs) My Siri went off. (laughs) That's That's hysterical. Well, now I know what time it is. Yeah. Uh, (laughs) That's really funny. Uh, You can't you can't script this, folks. I got to tell you. (laughs) No. So anyway, so um, uh, so that that fascinated me. And it came to realize that um, we get offended because the real reason why it offends you, if I don't say please, if I don't say thank you, if I, if, even if I don't say those words, if I sound like I'm demanding, I am not acknowledging you as somebody who has the free will to right. say no. Right. So, I, yes, I would very much like for you to pass the iPhone. Thank you very much. Uh-huh. But I understand you can say no. That's recognizing and your free will. And by giving me that acknowledgement that I'm more likely to say yes. Yes, exactly right. There's a, there's a cute joke about this, by the way. And it's in my book, Atheism Kills. Okay. So uh, 
it's, it's, it's an old joke from that my dad told me. He always had such, such rich jokes. Anyway, there's a, it's, a, it's an old flea market in the olden days, like in the 1920s. Mm-hmm. And it's an Arab flea market. And um, uh, there's a the couple, an older couple, and they're selling stuff in their little, um, uh, little, um, what do you call it? Little, little, uh, like the oh my gosh, the little booth. Yeah, there yeah. you go. That's what I'm talking about. And a, uh, a messenger comes up and he's got a telegram. Okay. And a telegram from, uh, from your son in America. And they don't know how to read English, however. It's, a, it's in English. So they said, I think, you know, Ahmed, uh, two booths down, I think he knows how to read and write English. Let's ask him. Mm-hmm. So they go to Ahmed, and, but Ahmed's really busy. He's really gruff with them. Mm-hmm. And he goes, can you, do you read and write English? Yeah, what? And he goes, can you read this uh, telegram? Mm-hmm. And so he looks at it, and he says, Mom, Dad, send money. <laughs> and the mother and the father turn to each other, can't believe how rude our son was. Right. It's incredible. How terrible. Mm-hmm. And they think about it and they just say, you know what? That's not our son. That's no way would he would do that. You know what? Maybe Ahmed read it wrong. And you know, I think Muhammad, three boosts down, he knows how to read and write English. Let's ask him. So they go to three boosts down and he's a much easier going guy. He's not as busy. And they ask, you know, could you read it? And so he says, sure, and, and he picks it up and he goes, hmm, mom, dad, send money. And so the mother turns to the father and says, well, now that he's asking nicely. <laughs> right? So, so it's the same words. Right. But, but it's the tone. tone, right? Yeah. So, and it kind of talks about what, what you and I are talking about right now, which is about understanding and respecting the humanity, the free will within us, that we are indeed God's creatures. That's what's going on. And even the atheist uh, doesn't realize that he needs it himself. He would would demand that you talk to him with respect also. But why? Of course. If we're just sophisticated animals, why would we need that? Fascinating. So, So... yeah. Going back to your the question about philosophy. Class, yes. Because that's the big thing, right? So. So you, uh, I, my question before yeah. that, though. So prior to that class, were you? What were your religious beliefs? Were I was you? a total atheist. Really? Okay. I was an atheist. I was so, I was so uh, impressed with myself having discovered that there was no God when I was 11 years old, and I I just knew better. And everyone else was a moron for not believing in God. For, for believing, believing that, right? Yeah, right. And I just thought, oh, this is a fanciful thing. And Nietzsche was the best, and and okay. so on. And and I wasn't precocious. I don't want to make it seem like somehow I was a brilliant guy. I, I now realize I thought I was brilliant at the time, but I now realize I was just a child. Well, Atheism you, is childish. You may have been brilliant. You lacked wisdom. You were eleven. Okay, I pre- I'll take it. I'll take it. <laughs> But, but I do think atheism is a child. And, and then when, after I hear your story, we're going to read the Nietzsche quote because yes. people misinterpret that a lot. Yes. So, okay, I, I would on. love that. <laughs> so um, I, I go through philosophy classes. Yeah. Uh, oh, uh, several, okay. Uh, several, yeah, um, at, at Stanford. And mm-hmm. I, I enjoyed it. And at the same time, I was working on my thesis. Okay. Okay, so, and so, I really so want to So what was it. your major? I was economics, but also humanities. So I did oh, a humanities thing. So, okay. And I really loved the idea of exploring 
ideas uh, yeah. of, of Western civilization. So yeah. I, I stumbled upon a quote by both Voltaire and by Dostoevsky. It was the following. If there were no God, it would be necessary to invent him. Okay? And I thought that was so interesting. And I mm. thought, okay, you know, Voltaire was, you know, he was basically an atheist, although mm -hmm. people declared that, declare that he wasn't. But he was a functional believer, but truly he was an he atheist. He kind of subscribed to Pascal's wager. Yeah, I think that's what it was. Yeah, so I act as if there is a God. Act as if there is God, but didn't really know why there should be a God and why there is a God. And Dostoevsky, by contrast, he felt he felt that there was a very serious God, and it was also necessary to invent him. They came from different angles, and I was fascinated by it. So my thesis was, does evil stem from the existence of God or the absence of God? Right? It's a small little topic. No big deal. Yeah. Right? I mean, like your a, thesis was like three words, it was right? Like three, yeah, it was a couple pages. Yeah. Uh, no, of course. I mean, I, obviously, it was too huge a project, and eventually I, I narrowed it down to talking about uh, Dostoevsky in The Brothers Karamazov. So it was fun. Okay. But really, it was a very in-depth study, and it was a lot of fun. And in the process, because mm -hmm. uh, there's so much about free will in that book. Right, yep. And in, at the same time, I was taking these philosophy classes. And as you know, mm -hmm. the number one thing that they conclude at the end of the day is that you cannot have free will without a higher power giving you the free will, right? Otherwise, it's... Because what are you free from? What are you free from, exactly right. De and otherwise, it's all determinism. And you know what determinism is, right? Determinism, for those who are not as yeah. familiar, uh, it's the idea is that, that everything you do is really the product of something that preceded it, that caused it. So think of it, your life like a, a, a billiard ball, right? And a, a pool table, mm -hmm. right? That's all it is. Wherever you are today, it's a result of a bunch of previous actions that led you to what you are today. Mm -hmm. So, and I asked my atheist friends, is that what you believe? Do you believe in determinism? And some of them who are intellectually honest mm -hmm. say, yes, I do. I don't believe in free will. So that's intellectually honest. I like that. Mm -hmm. yeah. So then I said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to hit you in the face right now. What will your reaction be? Mm -hmm. Well, I'll be angry, they say. <laughs> and I say, why? If I hit you in the face right now, I can't help myself. Right. It was the product of whatever happened before me. Why would you... Hold me accountable for punching you in the face. Yep. And they, they don't have, I mean, they can't have an answer to that. Right, sure. Uh, so they want accountability on the one hand. Because mm -hmm. they want somebody to blame and to, to make sense of things, yeah. Right, because they have to live in a world of accountability, whether they like it or not. Right. Uh, but at the same time, their philosophy is such that they don't really believe in accountability. They don't believe in free will. So now there are a lot of people yelling at this video and this audio right now saying, <laughs> what are you talking about? I'm an atheist and I believe in free will. Mm. No, you don't. You haven't thought that through. Mm -hmm. That's like saying, I don't know, that uh, I, uh, I, I believe in letters. Uh, I, I believe in reading because I've seen a couple of letters. Mm -hmm. That's not the same thing. You, free will, by definition, has to come from a creator that gives you free will. It cannot come evolutionarily mm -hmm. through survival of the fittest. You explain that to me, my dear atheist friends, and you'll be the first one in all of Western civilization philosophy classes who's <laughs> figured it out. Okay? Right. 
<laughs> so don't don't just assume that evolution will have an answer to this. It doesn't. It can't. Right. Right. So evolution and yeah, it's cute. I, I don't believe in pure evolution, mm -hmm. but the notion that you know a brown bear eventually becomes a white bear because he's camouflaging better and therefore survives better. That's one thing. Sure. That's a far cry <laughs> from having free will. <laughs> like, how does free will help us survive in, in, the, in the wild, right? Mm -hmm. uh, and, and if that's the case, then why, how come animals don't have free will? And they still survive. And they still survive. Right. Right? For that matter, how, how come animals don't have humor, right? Right. I mean, you never see, uh, you know, somebody saying, well, you know, Bob died. Well, why did he die? Well, he wasn't funny enough. <laughs> right. Right. Well, actually, I, so you, that's probably true. You probably will never hear that. However, I would argue the case that humor can help you survive. Oh, yes. But the question is, that's, that's humor for us, for we humans. Yeah. Right? But humor doesn't help my dog. No. Right? He won't, it won't help him survive at all. So the question, again... Although sometimes I, I think they laugh at us. <laughs> That's a, or they wonder, like, why does he keep on leaving my house? Why does he just stay home? Uh, yeah. So I think they, they are inquisitive about this business. Uh, so, but it, it's funny because... So it goes back to the questions, right? I right. always ask myself questions. Why are things the way they are? Right. Here's another example. Beauty. Okay. Now, we're not talking about a beautiful woman, a beautiful, you know, handsome guy. We're talking about the notion of appreciating beauty. Mm -hmm. You'll never see two animals looking at a sunset and say, wow, check that out. Have you ever seen such a sunset, Fido? No, I have <laughs> not, Rover. <laughs> okay, it, it, it doesn't work that way. Yeah. And it's certainly not a matter of survival. Why do we have to appreciate beauty to survive as a species? But like you said, it, it certainly helps enjoy life. And Which creates happiness. I think is integral to survival in yeah. some regards. I mean, you know, depression is a real thing. Lack of purpose is a real thing. Yeah. Um, and these things are very much threatening to our existence and our survival, literally. Right. Yeah. Um, and having an appreciation of beauty, having humor, um, you know, these kinds of joys are integral to our ability to move forward. Yeah. I, so. I'm with you 100%. Yeah. But that's for humans. Yeah, right. right. So the question is... Oh, well, I was is, talking about humans. Right. Yeah. Dogs it, it don't the question. It. Why, Birds why don't else? need it. Yeah. Part of me wonders, why are they animals at all? Right? I mean, yeah, you can talk about circle of life and right. you can sing the, from the Lion King if you want. But, that, but if there were no animals, I mean, part, part of my question to God is, you gave us animals so that we can see the difference between us and the animals, Right. Right? Oh, interesting. Because, boy, oh, boy, are there a lot of differences. Not yeah. just story, not just humor, not just beauty, not just music. Mm -hmm. Storytelling. Yes. Right? Well, humor, and we human beings about. are the only creature. So I think this is my thought. But I yeah. think part of the reason that we uh, have such an appreciation for storytelling is because we have a priori knowledge. And animals don't have, they have instincts, but they don't have a priori knowledge. Right. And it, when you, because we have a priori knowledge, we resonate with stories. Yeah. So I think it's twofold. It's the a priori knowledge, but then it's also because, and this also differentiates us from animals, we are the only beings that can learn by proxy. So Interesting. Yes. Right? Like That's I, a great point. You can tell me a story of something that happened to you, and I yeah. can learn from it. I don't have to go through that myself. Yeah. 
or I can, you know, whether it's a good or bad experience, you know, if it's a yes. good experience, I'd be like, oh, I can, this is something I can do in my life. And right. I've learned and I, I've now skipped several steps that you had to take. Or if it's a bad story, like you tell me a story of you walking through that glass door, which I have done because I'm blind in one eye and uh-huh. I do things like that because yeah. um, <laughs> wow. I have no motion wow. parallax. <laughs> um, but you could watch me and be like, you know, and it was one of the times when I did this, it happened to be dusk and you know, they just cleaned the windows and, mm-hmm. you know, so I could see how maybe it could happen to other people too. But somebody watching me do that is going to be like, oh, that's glass. I might not walk right through that. Right. Yeah, the, the notion of cautionary tale mm-hmm. is what you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, some uh, some parents, their kid uh, took drugs and now mm-hmm. he's he's dead. And that that's true for the know, negative so stories, but even the positive stories. I mean, we learn for, we learn by proxy. Animals don't learn by proxy. No, oh, I love the way you phrased that. That's exactly <laughs> right. But and it's funny also is that when we talk about stories, yeah. Right? I mean, if you're on a date with somebody mm-hmm. and you say, um, "What kind of music do you like?" Mm-hmm. Right. How many times have you ever heard somebody on a date saying, uh, I'm not a music guy. I don't like music. <laughs> right? No, he, he likes music. Right. It's just a question of what kind. Maybe right. he likes jazz, blues, and so on. Right. Um, oh, yeah, I love uh, classical music. P.S. I like rock and roll music and a uh, little alternative music like mm-hmm. Radiohead. Okay, yeah, fine. Yeah, that's, that's me too. Actually. All right, good. <laughs> All right, good. Uh, so that's that's the fun part. But yeah. you never... you You can... You assume that the person next to you likes music yeah. of some kind. Sure. Likewise with stories, yeah. right? So if you, you you would say, "Oh, I got a great story to tell you," mm-hmm. right? And the person says, uh, "Listen, I'm not a story guy." Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> like, what? What do you mean you're not a story guy? Right. Of course you're a story guy. Now, if you tell a story well, that's another story. Right. But it that to me is fascinating. Why do we like stories? Why do we Why do we enjoy humor so much? Why is it so essential to our lives right uh, and as you said if you don't have humor in your life if you don't have beauty if you don't have music you might very well be depressed yeah and why is that the case so okay. I'm coming around to all this main point like this is the way I discovered God first through free will because wow. I know I, I accepted that there is free will I mm-hmm. the determinism world did not work for me I, I don't buy that for a second sure uh, you really have to be, it's far-fetched to, to believe that everything you do is the product of something that you have no accounting for. Mm-hmm. I don't want to live in that world. I don't right. believe in that world. Yeah. Everyone is accountable and everyone right. does have. And the reason why we send people to prison is not because we want to just prevent them from doing another crime, mm-hmm. but because we, we are holding them accountable. We are punishing them. Yeah. And also the learning by proxy. We right. are showing other people these are the consequences you right. may incur. Exactly right. So God to me is, I mean, these are, these are evidences of, of God to me. Interesting. Free will. Uh, the, the massive amount of distinctions between uh, animals and humans. Uh, he, I mean, I actually started a list, uh-huh. and I'm now on item number 413 wow. of the differences. And they're major differences sure. uh, that we just don't even think about. The notion of progress, for example. A lion doesn't think about, how can I be a better lion right. today? Right? How can I make the world better for other lions? Mm-hmm. He doesn't think that way. Right. You know, I, I mean, in my book, I joke, I, I say, uh, you know, I think I use a puma for some reason. And he's sitting on a, on a limb of a tree, and he says to me, well, here I sit on this limb, just like my pappy before me. And his pappy before him, right? (laughs) 
It doesn't even think about that. He has no, no. sense of history. Right. There's no sense of the, of the future, for that matter. Yeah. We humans do. There's Absolutely. another difference. So, which is related to the story, I suppose. Mm-hmm. But I, this is the part I love, uh, the discovery of God and the, the certainty of God. Right. So when I, I hear, and, and a lot of your listeners are now thinking to themselves, because I, I know how they think, because I was an atheist. <laughs> you know how every single one of them thinks. <laughs> well, no, the atheists, I do. <laughs> sure, okay. I do. I can out atheist any atheist. You can atheist, out atheist any atheist. Any atheist. Okay. And I, I know that's a bold uh, assertion, a bold mm-hmm. claim. But I know what they're thinking. I, mm-hmm. I know their arguments. I'll make their arguments for them. Okay. And in fact, in my book, Atheism Kills, I make I lay out the argument for atheism, for atheism. Awesome. And it's good. Yes. It's really good. Now I, I got atheists are not the most loving of people. When when they hear read a book called Atheism Kills, they misinterpret it to say, oh, all atheists themselves are murderers. kill are murderers. No, <laughs> they, they can't even connect it. Like. You may be a communist, right? But communism kills. Absolutely. Is that fair to say that? Unequivocally. But you may, you may love socialism and communism, but understand that that ideology, yeah. if it's embraced by government, kills. We have 100 million corpses to prove it. Thank yeah. you. Exactly right. So it's, that, that's the point. Now, the atheists will say that you know, they are accountable, they love free will, it's all about logic, and, and, and many other things just like that. But, they, but then you you push it a little bit further right. and you say, okay, well, if it's, if everything's about logic, because mm-hmm. that's, that's their ultimate answer, right? Yeah. That, that sure. well, I don't, I don't want to kill you because I don't want you to kill me. And it just makes sense. Don't you know? <laughs> right. That, that is ultimately where they go. Okay. And the atheist is now nodding his head. Yeah. What's wrong with that? He's saying that right now. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And, and here's what's wrong with it, my friend. The problem there's no with morality this, in that, by the way. There's no morality. Sure, but yeah. oh, they claim to be moral, by the way. But okay. But then your answer to that is no, you don't. Right. You don't believe in morals, because morals suggest a, a one standard rule that everyone understands. Right. Mm-hmm. But if there is no God, then then morality is always a floating point. It's always depending on the circumstances. Always. Right. So it's morality, one area subjective. of the world, yeah, and one time in the world, it's all is always different. So they can't have it that way. Right. Um, but going back to logic, so they say, well, you know, what's wrong with that? It, we just all understand that. Well, the problem with that is mm-hmm. that you don't have. There's logic, your logic, and there's my logic. And I give an example of somebody in my office, let's say. And I'm up for a promotion, and so is he. And we're gunning mm-hmm. for the same promotion. Okay. Only one man can get it. Right. I will call him Johnson, right? Uh, and Johnson, well, here's how I reason it. Okay. I'm an older man. Let's say I'm 65. I'm not 65, but let's say I was 65. Okay. And I've got a family uh, and grandkids mm-hmm. and a lot of gambling debt. I don't have gambling debt, but you get the idea. Uh, and uh, I owe a lot of money to the IRS. Okay. Mm-hmm. I need that promotion, damn it. I need it now. And by the way, if I don't get the promotion, I'll be left out and I'll basically have to exit from the company. And Johnson, by contrast, he's 33 years old. Mm -hmm. He doesn't have a family, Mm -hmm. right? So he doesn't need it. He doesn't need as much. And he'll have other opportunities for promotion later on in his life. Mm -hmm. What's to stop me 
using my logic because mm-hmm. I got to take care of my family right. and my debts. Yeah. Guido is out there. He's ready to break my legs. Right, <laughs> right. right. Uh, and mm-hmm. what's to stop me from uh, putting some porn on his computer? Right. Right. To Just to kind of, you know, sabotage him. him. Yeah. Right. What's wrong with that? Why wouldn't I do that? It's logical for me to do that. Or sure. forget about the, maybe not porn. Maybe just to say a little gossip. Suggest that he uh, cheated a little bit mm-hmm. here or there. Mm-hmm. Okay. Why not do that? It's very logical. Mm-hmm. Now, the other logic, of course, is that you don't do that because it's not right. But why? Why is that not right? Mm-hmm. He's taking care of his family. So, look, I'm a lawyer. I can tell you everyone. This is, this is like the lame is question, by yeah. the way. I mean, it's a much yes, lower, I was gonna say. Like, less yeah. you know, intensified version. But, yeah. yeah, it's the lame is question. Yeah, it's, uh, what's his name? Jean, Jean Pajon, mm-hmm. right? Yep. Uh, and he steals bread for yeah. his family. I mean, it was logical at the time, yep. but it's still a theft. It, exactly. Right. And this is what this is what the law is all about, right? If, if there's one universal logic that always applies to everybody all the time, yeah. we wouldn't need... A system of government, a system of courts. Yep. And so that that is, this, this will bring me kind of to, I'm really curious your take on this because so in terms of, the, I think I believe all human beings need, have to subscribe to some universal moral ideal. Right. Without religion, you're going to replace it with something. So if you right. don't believe in God, there's going to be some, you're going to, you're going to fill that need for to subscribe to a universal moral idea. So we have seen a, um, you know, a loss of God, religion in society. Um, And so, I'm just thinking how to word this, but Uh what do you, because I don't want to give you my answer, Uh and then, yeah, um, I'm curious your thoughts on it. What do you see is I you know you're saying like that's why we need courts. What right. what do you see has been the result of I, I think it's not just a loss. I think there's been kind of like a stripping of in fact this is probably a good place to read the quote and then we mm-hmm. I'll hear sure. your thoughts oh, on I it. Love but that. okay. So um this is from Nietzsche and it, it it's his famous God is dead quote. And I'm just gonna preface it by saying that I think a lot of people think of Nietzsche as saying like the, that this means there is no more God, but that's not fully what he's saying. Right. He's saying, God is dead, God mm-hmm. remains dead, and we have killed him. Yet his shadow still looms. How shall we comfort ourselves, the murderers of all murderers? What is holiest and mightiest of all the world has... Uh, sorry, what is holiest and mightiest of all that the world has yet owned has bled to death under our knives, who will wipe this blood off of us? What, is wa- what water is there for us to clean ourselves? So, yeah, so we're, human beings are responsible for killing God, is essentially what he's saying, right. and they suffer the consequences of that, and I, I, I don't know how much of Nietzsche you know, but he was really prophetic, and he predicted, you know, the all the atrocities pretty much of the 20th century. Yes, he did. And, <laughs> and sadly, Hitler, um, misinterpreting him, um, or wanting to extend whatever he did say, yeah. uh, because beyond good and evil, for example... Um, took it to a level where we need to get rid of this nonsense of the notion of, the, uh, of good and evil mm-hmm. and move forward with what is necessary. Right. And, and, and hence the concentration camps uh, on the fascist side and the gulags uh, on the communist side. Right. Uh, so it's, it's really is Which are both born of the same, the same ideology. Thing. Yeah. 
Yeah, communism, Nuanced fascism. Totalitarianism and revolt. It's funny, I, I always I, I say it in the context of uh, like the victim, right? Mm -hmm. uh, before you slaughter me, mm -hmm. I just need to know, are you a fascist or a communist? Because <laughs> yeah. that's important to me right now. <laughs> really like, important. <laughs> It's not important, of course. So, no. uh, so it, yeah. So, I, I guess my question about all of it is like, so, what do you think? Uh, the I, I think that's, that religion has been stripped. It's not just that it's been lost. And what do you think the consequences of society is as a result? Wow. Um, I mean, that's I, it, it is so destructive. Um, the way I look at it, and the metaphor I use, is to take God out of civilization and expect civilization to continue in a positive, uh, ever, ever improving way right. is like taking the sun out of the solar system and expecting the planets to continue to circle around in perfect orbit. Wow. Okay? How's he, how do you like that for a, a metaphor? It's a great metaphor. <laughs> Very powerful. Yeah. It's because that's what disturbing. it is. <laughs> yeah, it is. You take out God and you'll go back to the world as it was without the Judeo-Christian God. It ain't pretty. It just ain't. What, you don't want to live in that world. What do you think that, it, because as I'm saying, I, I believe, and I don't know if you agree with this, mm. that all human beings need to subscribe to some universal moral ideal. Yes, yes. What do you think it's been replaced with? Because it has to be replaced, right? Sure. People are filling, I, and I didn't make this up, but I have a friend who says, you know, it's a God-shaped hole, so it needs to be filled, right? Always needs to be filled. If you don't... Uh, have God as the center of your life, then you will have something else as the center of your life. And that very and that is very floating point. So that might be for one person, uh, climate change, for example. Mm -hmm. That Everything has to be about climate change. I, I know more than a couple of people that that is their mantra and they can't think of anything else. Uh, there are other people who engage in conspiracy talk. Mm -hmm. uh, that's all they talk about is conspiracies. I know somebody who believes that the Rothschild family is still in charge of the world. P.S. That's another correlation. People who believe in uh, conspiracies tend to be atheists. Okay, very few religious people, very few, mm -hmm. believe strongly in, in conspiracies. It's interesting. very interesting. Yeah, I've, I've, I've done a lot of studies about that. Um, then there are other people who believe in, uh, you know, whatever the cause du jour might be. Okay, so COVID. This is part of the reason why, you know, I can tell a religious person when they're not wearing a mask, when they give me a, a real handshake today, uh -huh. I know that these people have faith in God. Uh, I always joke around, a handshake now is the secret handshake, right? So, <laughs> just a yeah. simple handshake. So, um, and, and I know because, first of all, they're not afraid. Yeah. But the people who wear these masks in their car, yeah. on the hiking trails, where they're totally alone. I know. Okay? Why did they do it? It's not because they forgot. Right. Oh, I, yeah, I, I didn't realize I had this mask on all the time. She no. realized I can't breathe. <laughs> I'm suffering hypoxia. Yeah. Oh my God! I, I totally hypoxia, didn't exactly right. And they're running sometimes. I I'm a runner, and I I can tell you I, that that dog no, don't run with it's me. It's not fun. So why do they do this? They do it because they feel like they're doing something great for the world. They right. are saving civilization. They're yeah. saving lives. What could be a greater purpose than saving lives? Right. And by wearing it, and also demanding other people to wear it they're doing something super noble. Right. But that's their hold, to use your phrase. Yeah. They're filling in that way. Suddenly they have purpose yep. somewhere. It's, it's really fascinating. It is. And so. they have all these rituals like you would in a religion. Exactly right. 
Yeah, so that's a, a great analogy. It's very powerful. Thank you. Um, Thank and you. a little terrifying. <laughs> um. <laughs> well, it has to be that way, right? I mean, when you think about it, like, I, I don't know who said it, but if, if there is no God, then nothing matters. If there is a God, then God is all that matters, right? Okay. And I think there's a lot to it. If we are all, if, if God has created everything, then we are all creatures of God then whatever we do is in connection with God's will. Uh, and God is watching for that matter. We're accountable and everything else. Now, putting aside whether there is a God or not, mm -hmm. then we ask the question, which world do we want to live in? Mm -hmm. right? Do we want to live in a world where God is in charge, God has created everything, mm -hmm. uh, we are accountable to God at the end of the day? Or do we want to live in a world where everything is random, we're here by random, um, by, by random circumstances, that the pool table analogy that I made. Mm -hmm. And um, therefore, do whatever you want, so long as you can get away with it. Mm -hmm. Which world would you rather live in? Again, that's, that doesn't uh, in any way prove the existence of God. It just, it's a, it's a preference at some point. Where would you rather live in? And most people, of course, would say, I'd rather live in a world where we have a civilization where we are accountable to each other, where there is a rule of law, where we progress, where we learn from stories, where we have humor and beauty and such. Okay, if, if that's the world that you want, mm -hmm. then don't you want to find out the reasons why you should believe in such a world, right? Wouldn't you want that? Right, I mean, in the same way, like if, if I want to become an American citizen, mm -hmm. right? I know that I should probably learn up on American history mm -hmm. and probably learn to speak English in a, in a significant way. Right. Now, that's just the way it is. If that's what you want, these right. are the things that you should also do in order to, to get there. So I, I have a friend who, sadly, his, uh, his daughter died. Uh, it was a tragic situation. He was an atheist. And he knows that I'm a believer. And I'll never forget what he said. He said, you know, I really wish I could believe in God. Uh, it would give me so much more comfort. A lot of people say and, that, yeah. Right? Yep. As an atheist, but I, I just can't. And I really would love to, to do that. And I said, if you really would love it, mm -hmm. then why not talk to me or anybody else who can help you see intellectually why you should believe in God and why there is a God? But you, you're not interested, are you? He's like the guy that wants to be an American citizen, but refuses to go to take a plane trip to, to America, for that matter. <laughs> and he wants all the benefits of being an American citizen without ever living there, without knowing any of its history or mm -hmm. studying any of it, mm -hmm. and without speaking English. Mm -hmm. It's going to be hard right. to do those things, right? So well, a lot of people don't want to do the work. I mean, it's, it's kind of like people would like to look like an athlete, but a lot of people don't want to put the work in to be an athlete. <laughs> you know why I hate that analogy? Why? I really hate it. Because really? I, I didn't think about it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a better analogy than what I... Uh. Sorry. <laughs> I really, it's, it's a fantastic analogy. They want the great figure. They mm -hmm. want the great uh, weight or whatever it is. They want the great looks. The glory of yeah. it, yeah. But they don't want to put in the time. Yep. That's that's what it is. Atheism, because it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. Atheism is fascinating to me because, and, and I know just how the atheist thinks. Right. I, it really is a blessing in many ways that I went through that phase for ten years. Um, 
and I know it so deeply. Right. And the atheist will tell you that you, as a believer, that you're a moron. Uh, really, they, they think oh. very little of you. Yes, okay? yes, I hear that a lot. <laughs> yeah, you want to surrender your brain to this God guy, or this Jesus guy, as it, as the case may be. Yes. And uh, you know, whatever you want to believe, that's fine. It's, I guess it's a free country, but you're crazy, <laughs> right, for doing so. And you're doing it only because it's an escape mechanism. You are avoiding the hard work of reality. That's what they'll tell you. Hmm. They'll say, you know, I'm a man of science. I'm a woman of science. I, and that's what I believe in. Right? Mm -hmm. Am I right, atheist? That's exactly what you believe. <laughs> <laughs> and, and they'll say that. And you know what the response I say is? Are you kidding? You think it's easier being a believer? Really? You, we have to be, we have to go to church or synagogue, as the case may be. Uh, we have to be accountable. We can't gossip. We can't cheat on our wives and, and spouses, generally. We, we can't lie. We can't gossip, right? And we, and we know that God is watching. You think that's easier somehow? Right. That we're doing for what purpose? So that, that we can think to ourselves that if we really believe hard, 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 mm -hmm. somebody will let us into this place called heaven? Really? That's what you think that's about? That, that's what the atheist thinks. Right. Okay. He thinks he's doing the hard work. But he's the lazy one. He doesn't ask the questions that you and I have been asking throughout this podcast. He doesn't ask, why do we have beauty? Why do we have purpose? Why do we have tell stories and humor and all these things? Why do we strive for anything? Right. right? What is morality? Can we have morality without God? Th these are hard questions. Really hard questions. Yeah. I mean, part of me would love to go be back an atheist. Part of me. You know why? 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 Because <laughs> well, then you can do anything, right? I can I can grab that woman from the street, and just to, like you know, have fun. And so long as I don't get caught, well then everything's good. I can kill my friend Johnson, <laughs> or put porn on his computer as we talked about, <laughs> right, because right. I need to get ahead. Mm -hmm. I you know what I I always ask why why do um, if you just want to make money, why not go into the drug cartel business? Honestly, what? Yeah, mean, it's, it's very logical. Yeah. You can make a lot of money. Totally. I learned that from Breaking Bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but really, I mean, he made tons show. of money. Yes. And Power of storytelling right yeah, there. There it is. It really is. <laughs> but you can make millions of dollars. You can be filthy rich if you join a drug cartel. Right. Now, of course, you risk you know, being... But it's only because it's illegal, you see. Mm. If it were legal, as it now is becoming... Right then there's so much more money to be made. Mm -hmm. uh, so why not? I mean, seriously, why, as an atheist, why not? Right. You don't have to take the drugs yourself. And the people who are buying your drugs, well, they're doing it of their own free will. There's that phrase again. Mm -hmm. uh, or their own volition, to use a, a yeah. non-religious phrase. Sure. Um, so that's on them, not on you. And right. you can make a lot of money. Okay. Uh, why have kids? That's a question I pose in Rise of the Sex Machines. Okay. Why does an atheist have kids? I, 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 I tell you, I remember going into a, parking, a park once. Uh -huh. My little boy was about two years old. Okay. And I, I saw a nice couple. You could tell they were about 35, 34. Okay. And, and they, they had their baby in a baby Bjorn. You know those things that you yeah. okay, bob up and down? Sure. You could tell this is their one and only child right, right. right they're not gonna have any more kids after this one 
and, and again, not to hold them in contempt. I'm simply saying you could tell. Yeah. And we got to talking and exchanged names and everything else. And, and I, oh, when is he? Is he teething yet? Is he whatever? Is he yeah. sleeping through the night? Basic questions like that. After about 15 minutes of conversing, I said, can I ask you a personal question? Well, yeah, sure. And I said, why do you have this kid? Why? Mm-hmm. There's a question of why, right? Yeah, I love yeah. asking why. Yeah. Why do you have this kid? Right. And I'll never forget it, Courtney. She, the mother was bobbing up the kid, up and down. And she's, as she's bobbing, she's turning to her husband and says, yeah, honey, why did we have this kid? <laughs> no! <laughs> yeah. Like, she just didn't think about it. And I asked the atheist over and over again, why did you have children? If you ever had children. A lot of them don't. They have one, maybe two. Why? And they don't really have an answer. They, their answer that I heard from a couple of people is, well, I want to pass on my values. Yeah, or right? a lot of people say my genes. I mean, usually. Yeah, but yeah. Why, why do you want to pass on your genes? Why does it matter? If you're just an accident, mm-hmm. why would you produce another accident? Right? And as we understand from global warming, the more people we have, the more they spew out this thing called carbon, and they're otherwise using Earth's precious resources, right? Sorry. But, but it's true. Mm-hmm. Why would you have kids? Well, in fact, there is something in England called birth strike, where women yeah. are, are saying, I'm not going to have a kid. Well, of course. We have to depopulate. Depopulate. Yeah. That, that, that is the new notion. I mean, so humans this, are evil. Humans are evil. So why would you have a kid? Yeah. Right? So... It's selfish in their point of view, whereas for you and me, and for the believer, generally speaking, he will, he sees having children not as selfish, but as a joy, yes, mm-hmm. but as an obligation right. to civilization. Right. We need good people. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, he's pass, and he's truly on passing on the values of God right. to his children. Wow, that, that's beautiful and profound. Um, so we were talking a little bit about like, what happens when you strip a society of, uh, right. of religion, of God, of belief, um, and uh, you know you were using the analogy of like communism kills. Right. And I, I kind of have you ever seen the movie uh, Arguing the World? Arguing the World? I, I have not, but I like the title. Okay. Yeah. So it was it was a documentary, and it was about um, the. The, the New York intellectuals, mm-hmm. and uh, that was when the communists first came to the United States. Oh yeah, in, you know the mm-hmm. early 1900s, and they went into the ghettos of New York City, and they went targeted. You know who was in the ghettos? It was like the Irish, the Italians, and the Jews. Okay. And the Irish and the Italians said that they wanted no part of you know this communism, communism business. Yeah, yeah. because mm-hmm. it's atheistic, and they would right. have to abandon Catholicism. Right. Then Catholicism has gone very differently now than it was then. Right. Um, but, you know, they, they recognized that and they say they would have no part of it. The Jews who desperately wanted to assimilate chose, you know, to align with them. Right. And, uh, and we, we've seen where that. It's a very good movie. You should definitely see it. But I, the reason I'm bringing it up is because I'm curious your thoughts. Like, I feel like in a lot of ways they've replaced, a lot of atheists have replaced their... Um, you know, belief in religion or subscribing yeah. to some sort they're, of they're uh, higher power, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, to a Marxist kind of ideology. Yeah. 
yeah, of it, some it's, variation. It's very tantalizing because it promises. Look, people people need a sense of order, mm-hmm. whether they realize it or not. They mm-hmm. need structure in their mm-hmm. lives. Um, I mean, even the traffic rules. You know that mm-hmm. we have to have structure. The Germans have an expression for this, and not to equate it with fascism or Nazism. Right. It just happens to be a German expression, mm-hmm. and it's Ordnung muss sein. That okay. means there must be order. Okay. That they take to, to an extreme sometimes. Yes. <laughs> but, um, th- but we do have an instinct for order. We want order in our lives. Mm-hmm. And God provides that sense of order. When I wake up, when you wake up, we might very well think, how can I do God's will today? Right? It's a nice question to ask mm-hmm. yourself. Um, if you're making a major decision, sometimes people prey on it. Right. They have a sense of, of structure there. Likewise with the way we raise kids. You know, Why did I have kids? I know why I had kids. Structure, structure, structure. People without God, they still have this instinct for structure. And they'll find it in communism, mm-hmm. socialism, or fascism which we agree are more or less the same thing. It's, it's, totalitarianism. It's, yeah. it's such a small distinction of, of difference. But I think that, I hope that answers your question. I, I think yeah. it's a, a, a I'm craving wondering, for instruction. So now I have a question. This is just to play kind of devil's advocate here. Yeah. Is it possible, do you think, for someone to replace it with something that could be good? Has, I, I think we, I, that, that's presupposing we agree that that. That, that's the negative. It's not good. Right. <laughs> it's evil. <laughs> but. Right. I, I, I don't know. I mean, man has tried countless times mm-hmm. to replace God one way or the other. Right. It has never worked. It has always led to horrific uh, civilizations of, of uh, barbarism, mm-hmm. concentration camps, the, the gulags, mm-hmm. torture, uh, and the loss of freedom. So... It's like that expression, uh, you know, democracy is the worst form of government except for all the others, right? <laughs> yeah. So this God thing <laughs> is the worst form of civilization except for all the others. So I, I, they have not yet come up with a better plan. We now know that, and, and the, the sad thing is people don't understand, it, it takes so long to develop the civilization that we now have that they take for granted everything that they have. Right. And this is why the atheists can make this, frankly, a stupid argument that we can, we'll be just great with each other if we just live by logic. Mm-hmm. Which is, a, it's a stupid argument because, you're, like I said, your logic might be different than mine. Uh, it, it, in the German culture, way back when, before Christianity came to the scene, murder, they didn't even call it murder. Killing was, you know, par for the course. It's what you did. That's, and it was perfectly fine. And, and you were noble if you killed um, in order to advance your position. There was nothing wrong with it. So um, it has been tried, but people just take for granted that all the things that they, we now have today, especially in America, mm-hmm. the notion of accountability, the rule of law, that um, you will be held accountable if you uh, murder, steal, rape, uh, commit fraud, mm-hmm. all those things, uh, people like to live in that world. Right. And they think that you can, now that we've established it, we can just get rid of the guy who gave it to us in the first place, right? Very ungrateful. It, it is. <laughs> it's, it's, like a, it's like the kid who, who's been raised by his parents, mm-hmm. and now he said, and, and very well, mind you, and then mm-hmm. he says, you know what, I don't believe in parenting. 
No. <laughs> I raised myself. <laughs> yeah, everyone can do it themselves. We just got to be sensible about it, right? No. Parenting is necessary. Right. God is necessary. And it's been tried in every which way, uh, but it just can't work. So I, so you talk about, like, especially in America. So I'm curious your thoughts on this. Yeah. Do you believe that, I guess the first part of the will be a two-part question. Yeah. Um, the first part of it, do you believe that America is essentially different than other nations and it, in good ways, bad ways? Um, and secondly, do you think that there was some sort of, a, I guess, divine intervention in the inception of America? Yes and yes. Uh, it is clear to me that, that America is very different. We can at least agree to that, yeah. whether you're an atheist or not, that, that America truly is different. So, and not only that, but Europeans, you know, from where we came, mm-hmm. uh, they feel the same way. They, they, they understand that America is different. I, I lived in England. I lived in Germany. Mm-hmm. I also live in Japan, by the way. But, but especially in England and Germany, the, one of the most common things that uh, native Germans and native Englishmen would ask me mm-hmm. is, uh, what's up with the guns and the God? What's up? Like they, really? they, they think we're crazy, especially with the God business. Yeah. The, the guns is just an, another thing altogether, but they, they don't get this God, God business. God is more, more insane to them than it's the insane. guns. It's insane to them. That we, they think that we're a wackadoodle. And, and I respond to them by saying the reason why America is so distinct and so wonderful is precisely because of God. Because we, we still celebrate God that we are who we are. If you don't have God, then there is no reason to make your country an exceptional country. Look what's happening. I mean, it, it, among the, the, the progressives, uh, especially the atheist progressives, and most of the progressives now are atheists. Yeah. Let's face it, very few, I mean, yes, you can give me a couple of anecdotes. Don't tell me about your aunt Tilly or something like that. I, <laughs> I know, there's a one or two. But again, correlations. By and large, mm-hmm. um, most progressives are atheists and most atheists are progressives, okay? And that's not progressives in a good sense. Um, they really want change, and one of the changes is, like, we don't, we don't see the importance of the distinction between America and all the other countries. They call for open borders. I, you know, what, what did Obama say? I, I see America is exceptional, but I, I see America exceptional in the same way that Greece sees itself as exceptional, modern-day Greece. So, in other words, it's all a form of chauvinism and mm-hmm. narcissism on our part. But no, I, I think that we are objectively uh, exceptional. Mm-hmm. And the world looks at us as exceptional for a reason, and that we should be exceptional. And frankly, all the other countries should follow our lead, mm-hmm. including loving God and bringing God into their respective nations. You do that, and great things will happen for you. You don't do it, and you'll become a country that's godless. Not a good, uh, not a good history in that department. Things fall apart without God. Right. It always does. It. You'll have a, a, a higher incidence of depression. You'll have a higher incidence of suicides, of drug use, uh, of crime, um, of uh, f- fraud, uh, of, of of lack of purpose. Mm-hmm. Uh, the music will get worse. The art will get worse. There's a correlation between our increasingly godless society mm-hmm. 
and the art that we produce. Yeah, the postmodern er- era is yes. uh, after the death of the quote unquote death of death God. Of God. Yeah. And in the old days, uh, even up to 1900 or so, mm-hmm. much of the art was about the glory of God. Mm-hmm. Look at the light that, that they used. And, yeah. and the, they would depict a biblical scene. But even if they didn't depict a biblical scene, there was something, there had to be a purpose to the art. Now you have somebody mimicking a toilet mm-hmm. and saying, ah, magnifique, it's, uh, <laughs> you know, it's art. It, it's, it's garbage. Yeah. And we know that's garbage. Same thing with music. Um, there's a lot of good music out today. We talked about Radiohead before. Yeah. Uh, there's some really good, interesting music. But uh, a lot of it is really is garbage. And then you have to ask, why do people resonate to music at all? Right. You know, sometimes it, everyone who's listening to this podcast, yourself mm-hmm. included, sometimes you hear a song and it just brings you to a different state, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it alters um, your brainwave state. It alters, yeah, but, but in, a, in a glorious way. Mm-hmm. Uh, like Hey Jude, I, I say it only because, first of all, I like the song. I think it's a beautiful song. But everyone knows the song Hey Jude. Mm-hmm. Right? And so I'm just using that as an example. The, the, the lifting that it does for mm-hmm. you, it's, it's not just you know, touching brainwaves. There's something spiritual about it. Mm-hmm. right? And it, it summons your spirit that animals simply can't achieve. So uh, we're, we're going to see a, a, a degradation of music, a degradation of, of art, yeah. uh, a degradation of uh, philosophy, for that matter, mm-hmm. and a degradation of the exceptionalism of America and its purpose. Not only that, but you'll, you'll also see a degradation, and I talk a lot about this in, in The Rise of the Sex Machine, you'll, the, the family structure. Yeah. Um, you'll see, and, and I, you're not going to like what I'm going to say oh. right now. Nobody's going to like what I'm going to say. Oh. But I'm making a prediction. You'll see a rise in not just polygamy. There's already polyamory going on, oh, which yeah. is it's which is big, rampant. Yeah, I predicted this ten years ago. The po- you're going to see a lot of people just getting together, and the reason is purely economic, and it's also lustful. It's the why not approach. They don't believe in God, and you know the more the merrier. What's 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 wrong with having four people? We all love each other. Five people, six people. So, and not only that, but if we're going to raise kids together, hey, that's four incomes to, to take care of Johnny, and not just two. Oh, interesting. You see? So, it's, go they, back they, to like a tribal kind of. Uh, well, they sense. can. Yeah, I think it is tribal. Tribal. But there's your logic for you. Right. right? Like uh, we we love little Johnny. We'll take care of him, and Johnny gets that much more love. That's their logic. You see. Mm-hmm, right. And it's happening now. And this is not far fetched. No. But you know what is far-fetched so far right now? As we sit here in 2021, and you're not going to like this. This is the part you're really going to be afraid to hear. Okay. There's going to be a rise in the acceptance of incest. Yeah, I I can totally see that. And And, uh, uh, I forgot what the word for it, but with animals, what's that? Bestiality, is that what it's called? Bestiality, yeah. And the, the notion there is, like, what's wrong with that? Right. right. I mean, the animals, they don't really care. They don't have free will, sort of right. thing. But the incest part, you're going to see a lot of that. And, and there's logic to that, mm-hmm. too. I mean, mm-hmm. it's, it's distorted logic, don't mm-hmm. get me wrong. I'm fully against incest. But why, you know, when, when most, most people think about the, um, the evil of incest, mm-hmm. they say, well, why is it evil? 
<clears throat> and then they'll say, well, because we don't want deformities for birth that might result from that. Okay, got it. What if it's two brothers, two sisters? They ain't going to produce. Right. right? <laughs> uh, and what if, what if they decide, you know what, um, we'll just start going out when uh, I'm 55 and she's 54 and we're not going to have a baby. Or we'll be really careful to make sure. We don't want babies anyway. What's wrong? We love each other. We share the same womb <laughs> once upon a time, right? We know each other deeply. Why can't we be in love? Love is all that matters. You see how it's, it's going to happen? Um, different kinds of love, but well, maybe different conversation. Uh, but, <laughs> yeah, but it goes on and on. I mean, this is a big topic in the book. Yeah. And so begs the question... Again, I like questions. Yeah, I do too. Why do we have such a taboo on incest? Mm -hmm. Why? And it, I make it a rhetorical question, yeah. but I, I will answer it. Yeah. Because people say, the first thing they say is because they want to avoid deformities. Which I, I've actually read studies that, that that's not 100% true. It's not? Yeah. Bingo. First of all, it does raise it, but very slightly. Yeah. So instead of a one, uh, you know, point one percent chance, it's now it, point two or something like that. Yeah, exactly. Like that. And it, it didn't always raise mm -hmm. it. It was it depended on the environment and the right the, the population of study. But you you on. have to have like five generations in a row. Yeah, exactly. Uh, in order to have a serious risk. And of they they actually did studies where going super far <clears throat> out of the range of a, a similar genetics increased the likelihood right. of deformity. So. Right. It, that's a more complicated. It's kind of, complicated. But yeah. So it's not really, it, it can't be that's, that's the not reason. That's the reason. <laughs> I mean, you would say, don't do it, but to have such a taboo. Right. It's like the idea reason. of it is so disgusting right. to you and me. It's disgusting. Yeah. yeah. If you have a brother or sister, you can't even fathom the no. idea. Or your father or mother, God forbid. No. Right. It, even the grimace <laughs> you just made, it didn't used to be that way. Incest was a regular order of the day. It was definitely within the realm of possibilities for most people, even in the early Roman days and the Greek days and uh, other cultures as well. Sure. They may have some law in the books about it, but frankly, they, they, they decided to, to, to do it. Okay. Um, only with the Judeo-Christian mindset do okay. we have such a massive taboo on it. Now, by the way, it's taboo in America. Not so much taboo in most other European countries. Yeah. Russia, for example... It's okay, so long as you don't flaunt it too much, <laughs> right? Okay, well, <laughs> so, so much for that taboo. I mean, right? Uh, isn't that kind of the definition of taboo, by the way, though? Right. It's, that you, it's what it looks like to others. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it's this... So it's just, it's fine, as long as we don't talk about it. <laughs> right. It's, it's, it's a, how, how can that be a taboo? That's like, you can steal from me, but it's all right. It's cool. Don't worry about it. You know, so what if I steal a little bit from the till, right? Or They, they make it seem like it's jaywalking. You know, jaywalking is technically illegal. Yeah. Eh, but don't make a fuss about it. We, we yeah, won't care okay. about it. Right. We'll just look the other way. Right. But no, no, no. It's taboo. Right. Really, it's one of the most serious taboos you can think of. You made that face, and you're yeah. right to make that face. Uh, it's disgusting yeah. for us. But why is it disgusting? What if two people just have this attraction for each other? They happen to be brother and sister. And what's wrong with that? They, they'll say, I love him. She mm -hmm. loves me. Didn't Ilana Mar marry her brother? I, I believe that's the uh, the situation. I mean, that's what I that's what I heard, uh, and it's it's disgusting the whole yeah. thing about it. Now, the reason for that is very simple. The reason why we have a taboo 
is because we want to take sex right out of the family, except for husband and wife, of course. But in every other respect, sex, just take it out. There's no, no and the reason for that mm-hmm. is that if you don't do that, the family structure collapses. Yeah. Okay? If you, if, if, imagine a mother, she gives birth to a daughter, and the father is in the room, and now she has to worry, okay, when this kid grows up a little bit more, my husband's going to start fondling her. Okay? Right. Uh, by the way, this still happens anyway, which right, is right. a form of incest. Uh, but nevertheless, you know, when she's 22 and she's of uh, majority age, she'll decide to, you know, fool around with my... No. Right. We, we, we don't even want to entertain that as a possibility. Yeah, it, it, right? yeah, that does destroy the family right. structure. Absolutely. So when you set that taboo yeah. early on, then you can relax. You can be a family. Right. Uh, well, you, and it also then it allows you to have the intimacy without worrying about that intimacy being complicated and destructive. Right. It, it becomes such a, an obvious thing that you would never yeah. engage with your daughter or with your brother or sister. Mm-hmm. But intimacy is essential to a family structure, right. but you can't right. have the intimacy if you're worried that creating you know, physical intimacy right. could destroy it. So Right. It would destroy it. it yeah, the, the, con- the confidence that you have, the one place yeah, where you should feel China safe. Now. Yeah, that's right. My <laughs> sister, my daughter. <laughs> Um, but the one place you want to feel safe is your family, right? Mm-hmm. That's where it should be. Yeah. Uh, of of course, right, many of course. families are not. But right. think of those people who had a very unsafe family, where the father did abuse, sometimes yeah. the mother abused, sure. um, or there was a brother involved. They, these people live suffering lives for of the course. rest of their lives. It, they, they can't grow out of it. It's very hard to grow out of it. Yeah. Um, so that's, this is the reason why incest is so powerful against it. Now... Um, there are many other rabbinical scholars who talk about the, the incest taboo and they, and they can't quite get around because the idea is they don't want necessarily to have a specific reason for it and what I gave you was not a specific reason for mm-hmm. it the <clears throat> and the reason why they don't give a specific reason is because if you found out that there's a specific reason then you could work around that specific reason right? Uh, sure like don't if you say don't lie generally speaking right mm-hmm. but why do we not want lying well because um, that that hurts you well but there's an exception there's always an exception right, right that you can make well lying and this is that would be okay in the in the world of lying but in incest no exceptions right right you cannot work around it and so God doesn't want you to work to even think about working around it right because family it's really about family it's not about sex it's about family yeah. Um, but you're going to see that going back to godlessness, atheism. You're going to see this growing acceptance of incest. Wow. Yeah, and it, it shocks you, and it shocks me too. But but when people rip apart God God from society, people will start wondering aloud. Well, why why do we have this prohibition? I love her. She loves me. I. I, I trust her. We, we've been together ever since we were little kids. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with that? And who are you to tell me not to have intimacy with my sibling? Right. Who are you? You're, you know, we know this is this what's happening now, right? With the, with so much of else going on in the sexual world, 
this, this is why in Rise of the Sex Machines, I talk a lot about this, that we're having a complete meltdown sexually, mm-hmm. romantically, marriage-wise, family-wise, because we are asking these questions, well, why should we have to have marriage? Why should it be between a man and a woman? Mm-hmm. Right? Why should it be only two people? Right? I, so the whole polyamory thing, I, I never understand why people think a lot of people, this is what I've heard, that who go into this world, they think it's going to be less complicated. And I'm like, <laughs> so you know how complicated and difficult it is to be intimate with one human one, being? Yeah. You think by adding, I mean, even if you take away all the other issues around that, yeah. just focus on this. Yeah. You suddenly thought that it was going to be easier to add another person into the image. <laughs> That's true. That's true. Where, where is the that. logic involved in that? Because no. I'm not seeing it. No. No, no, no. It's it's hysterical. You're right. There is no logic to it, but they think that they've gotten it. Like, I give an example of, um, there's a polyamorous uh, quintuple. There are five mm-hmm. people. And it's only one woman, by the way. Uh, four guys. She's pregnant by one of them. And they're going to raise this kid together as a five-some. Okay. Uh, and they talk about, you know, the interviewer was very friendly to them as if somehow they're approach, uh, you know, dealing with a very good thing. You know, right. they're pushing a frontier. Um, and so they said, what's your biggest challenge? Well, telling our parents, that was really hard, you know. Uh, but they eventually began to realize that it's just old way thinking that it should only be two people. And they just accepted us for who we are. They're really good people. <laughs> that, that's the idea. <laughs> They're really good people. And then, and then the, the interviewer asked, any other issues? Yeah, this thing called, <laughs> this emotion called jealousy. As if it's yeah. a petty thing, you know. Right, right. There's a reason. Again, there's the question why. Why do we have jealousy? Right. Jealousy is actually a good thing. Of course. Right? Just like uh, hard work is a good thing. You can work ambition. too hard. Yeah. <clears throat> ambitious. You can be too ambitious. Yeah. You can like money too much. Yeah. You can like sex too much. You well, can like always, alcohol too much. I always but use jealousy is necessary. Oh we, yeah. It, we need it. it. It keeps people uh, understanding that because if there's zero jealousy, and that's you always have to ask, what would happen that if there's fear. no jealousy or no whatever? If there's no jealousy, then everyone would be just profligating with everyone else because there's no jealousy. Well, you also there would be no marriage. Also, you wouldn't. You also wouldn't have a sense of uh, belonging. Yeah. Without jealousy. So, I mean, jealousy implies a, a sense of ownership. And I don't mean that in, like, I don't want people to construe that as, like, I own another human being. But no. but a sense of that, you know, you belong to a relationship. And There's there an expectation. A, Use that. Yeah, maybe that word. Maybe, yeah, an expectation. But I, I think it really it comes down to a belonging, you know, where yeah. there's, you, when you have a, an intimate relationship, there is a sense that that's, that's your person. You know, and it, if you didn't have, you wouldn't, you don't want that to be shared with right. somebody else. You know, you right. don't want somebody else to potentially threaten that or get in the way of that connection that you have. Right. So, of course, you know. Every person hearing this who's married, mm-hmm. uh, who is lo- in a loving relationship, mm-hmm. loving, I mean, that's, mm-hmm. and I really mean that, when they, when I tell them or I, I talk to them about, sex within that intimate relationship they know and they're nodding their heads as i say the following it's the best intimacy possible when you really know your partner that well when you've had kids maybe with that partner 
uh, even without kids, it doesn't matter. It's, you know this is your person. There's no better intimacy than that. Okay, you can have sex with 50 different people in 50 different weeks. Right. Uh, you may think you're having a lot of fun with a lot of variety. The reality is each one of them cannot possibly be as good as the truly intimate sure. uh, with your, your, your one and only, so to speak, to use you know, your phrase. Um, it's, it's really fascinating. Um, now, now we get to the issue of sex. Okay. Which before is a boring you topic, that, you know. But <laughs> I have, before you get into that, I have a, a question that is related to that. Um, just to, again, kind of play devil's advocate, but Mormons, and I know they don't anymore, but they do believe in poly- right. polygamy, right? Mm-hmm. And But they're very deep, deeply, right. I can't speak, religious, right? right. They mm-hmm. definitely believe in God. So how do you... How do I square all that? Yes. Okay. I'm glad you asked me that. <laughs> I happen to know a lot about the LDS community. Okay. Latter-day Saints. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm very much of a big fan of the LDS community. I am as well. Uh, they, I, I'm Jewish, yep. deeply Jewish. Okay, so great. I am too. <laughs> uh, so I've heard there's a lot of similarities actually in parallels in there, their There are a lot of parallels. And and I have cousins who've converted yeah. to Mormons as well. They're the only people other than us mm-hmm. who refer to people who are not themselves as Gentiles. Yes. Right? So we are Gentiles in the Mormon world. Right. And of course they're Gentiles in the Jewish world, but that's about it. That's, you know, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but... Uh, okay, so getting to your polygamy question. Yeah. First, first of all, polygamy <clears throat> is not was not the same as we think about it today. There's a historical thing. It's not as if, hey, uh, Johnny, you can have a bunch of wives mm-hmm. and have a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, nor was it necessarily for the purpose of growing a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that it's don't even think of it like that. What was happening was as they were trekking across to the west, uh, a lot of women were dying, a lot of men were dying, and they just had to. Kind of reconnoiter mm-hmm. so it, it was not as if it was this kind of institutionalized understanding it was more like it was necessary at the time uh we have to we have to make do with what we have so it wasn't a, like a sexual lust sort of thing it's not like the cults that you think of in, in cults today sure. so in fairness it's, it's a very different sort of thing so they're very um very uh, strongly uh, believing that it should be one man, one woman. Not only that, but you shouldn't even have sex until you do get married. Mm-hmm. And then you're bonded, you're sealed mm-hmm. uh, in the ceremony that they have. I told you I knew a lot about Mormonism. Yeah, <laughs> I, but not, do. A, not enough, I mean, <laughs> but I really do respect them. And look, I, I don't believe in the Mormon faith, mm-hmm. um, but I, I deeply respect it. Mm-hmm. And why? Because, you know what? The results are fantastic, mm-hmm. right? Here's a clean culture that um, advances the Judeo-Christian mindset. Yep. They progress. They contribute to the world. They do. They, they produce great kids they do. who are kind and thoughtful, don't have tattoos. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> not, not, I'm not denigrating people who have tattoos, but you get the idea. It's, yeah. they, they have standards that they set for themselves. Yeah. They're kind. Um, I, I like that. You know, so, we said if you want to know the, the intent of something, of yeah. a person, you know, look at the outcome. Yeah, exactly yeah. right. So I, I, I've seen a lot of good out of Mormonism, so I hope that answers your question yeah. on that. Um, and yes, I think there's a lot of similarity uh, between mm-hmm. uh, Jews on the one hand and Mormons on the other. They strongly identify with the Jewish community. Yeah, I've heard that. Uh, one Jew told me once that um, we should really embrace the Mormons. They're the only Christian group that has not uh, persecuted us. <laughs> Which, <laughs> 
there's some truth to that, you know. Sure. It's, uh, but we, but they truly love us, and we should truly love them. Mm-hmm. Again, I, you know, I know there's a big difference between uh, and among Christians, uh, Catholics, and Mormons, mm-hmm. and there's a lot of division in yeah. that. And, and I, I made a podcast on this myself, yeah. and I said, please, just unite one way or the other. Yeah. Find out what you have in common, and and love that commonality. Uh, you all believe in Jesus. You all believe mm-hmm. that He died for your sins, and you all believe in God as well. Is, isn't that good enough? And I find a lot of the Christians today are very protective of uh, the Jews. They recognize, yeah. you know, that. Oh, we're very lucky to have the Christians yeah. today. They're, they're, and I tell my Christian friends, Christians are the new Jews. You know, they because they are being persecuted. They're being persecuted for sure uh, in their own uh, different way today. But getting back to yeah. sex, I know yeah. that's a very boring topic. No, you know, <laughs> no, no, sorry. We gotta get through the sex. Now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yawn. <laughs> uh, but it, but it's interesting thing because sex is really changing. Yes. Um, one of the things that I, I'm I'm fascinated by from a sociological point of view. Mm-hmm. I mean, Relationships in right. general are really changing, but sex yeah. is a huge part of why they're changing. Right. I think. They're very very different. One of the questions that people don't ask, and it's uh-huh. so simple. I mean, look, we talked before in the beginning of this, why we say thank you, why we say please. Right. Here's a question. Mm-hmm. Why, on a scale of 1 to 10, mm-hmm. in terms of pleasure, mm-hmm. why is sex a 30, right? Mm-hmm. Especially for men, okay? But it's also, also for women, it's very yeah. pleasurable. Why is it that high? Does it really need to be that high? I mean, <laughs> you give me a Well, the species would... Cease to exist. I understand. Yeah. I know that that's the common answer. The species would cease to exist, but it doesn't have to be a thirty. A ten is pretty damn good. Mm. You can get me to do a lot of things. You give me a good cappuccino, because I like cappuccinos. (laughs) (laughs) I'll do a lot for you. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And uh, having sex, it's pleasurable. Yeah. Nine and a half is you you would think is good enough. Why does it have to be that intense? A thirty doesn't have to be. You can you can have the same number of people being produced uh, through sex uh, with a with a nine, a nine and a half, hmm. as you could a thirty. Isn't it overkill? Is what I'm saying. Isn't right. it like trying to swat a fly with a nuclear bomb? Right? We don't need a <laughs> nuclear bomb. Get the sw- fly swatter and you're done. Right? Okay. <laughs> okay. So so you understand. So we've now equated sex with the fly swatter. <laughs> bomb I guess I yeah yeah well but the point is it's it's overkill the pleasure yeah. part of it is it that necessary okay so now the great sages do have an answer for that and it's very specific the reason for that is when you engage in truly meaningful sex mm-hmm. hopefully with your married partner mm-hmm. um, and, and and hopefully for the purpose of creating another life mm-hmm you are participating in the act of creation. Mm-hmm. And only God can do creation. Right. But you are a deputy in his act of creation. Nice. It's fascinating, yeah. right? You don't even know how it all works. But there it is. Mm-hmm. And so that one moment of, of intense pleasure, in a way you're, you're seeing the glory of God. And many people will say this. I mean, even pastors, uh, and presumably not priests, but uh, pastors and rabbis and, and reverends, they'll say the time that they feel the most spiritual is the time that they have 
relations with their wives, with the wives. And I, and I think there's some wisdom to that. Uh, and I mean, you're, you're Jewish, you understand that, you know, it's a mitzvah to have sex during Shabbat. It's one of the best times to have it. You know, you think, well, why, why are you mixing this religious stuff? It's very religious. All the more reason not to play with that fire, right? People treat sex, and this is a main point of a rise of the sex machines. They treat sex with the same um, callous, not callousness, uh, trivial uh, approach um, as they do eating ice cream. Let's go have ice cream. A lot of people do. You know, uh -huh. like, let's have sex. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, what the I, Tinder approach more, is all about. Yeah, sure. Uh, but for the religious among us, sex is very important. Mm -hmm. And it's a very big part of life. And it's a holy part of life. Mm -hmm. So, and I, I respect that a lot. Um, so, and it's, too many questions arise about, about sex. So, for example, there, there, are, there are these women and men, but I'm, I'm speaking more about women now, mm -hmm. who will go on Tinder mm -hmm. and have a lot of fun with a lot of guys, mm -hmm. and they want to meet somebody, and then they marry him. Okay, so imagine that happens. Nice. They've been fooling around, fooling around, and now they get married, and now they expect to be the one and only, to use our phrase that we've had right. before. And I think to myself, how does that work? I don't get it. You, you treat sex so, it's just sex mm -hmm. before you get married, but after you get married, it's, it's now it's holy. I mean, it's not really holy to them, but you understand. Right, right. They have these expectations, that, the word we used before, <clears throat> where they're supposed to be only with each other and if you violate that, well, that's a terrible violation of trust. How does that work? I don't get it. It's, it's like, you know, pearls, right? It, it does, is there anything else in life that it's valuable one day, but not valuable the next, right? Well, And then, then valuable again the following day. I think for somebody who doesn't have the uh, religious, uh, you know, underpinning, then to them it has more to do with like a commitment. Yeah. So it's a choice that they've made. It, it, it is, but if they've had such a funky attitude towards sex before, a trivial attitude towards sex, it, it, the, it's just sex attitude mm -hmm. before they got married. P.S. Why do they ever get married in the first place? That's another story. Right. Uh, I don't understand why an atheist gets married. Don't understand. Okay, Especially for men. Why, why would they do that? Mm -hmm. okay. uh, but I'm just saying that the, the identity of sex is right. different depending on what you want for that moment. It's a little bit like abortion. In fact, it's very much like abortion now that I think right. about it. Um, if you don't want the baby, it's called a fetus. If you do want the, mm -hmm. the child, then it's called your precious little bundle of joy. Right. On the way. Right. Right. Bun in the oven. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. right. So, but it's a clump of cells if you don't want it. It can't be both. Right. It just can't. So um, abortion is abortion. It's, it's not a good thing. So... Now here's another thing about sex, um, and I discussed this at length. The CDC tells us that the more sex you have, the more dangerous it is, right? The incidence of chlamydia, herpes, gonorrhea... It increases uh, your odds, yeah. Increases your, I mean, but no, it's, it's wildly, it's crazy what's going on in the past 
10 years alone, there's been uh, not, not just a spike, but a hurricane of new STDs, a hurricane of it. In fact, they say to call it a spike is to, to call a hurricane a, a, a strong wind. <laughs> it, it is so massive going on. Wow. And the CDC is saying nothing about it. They say a lot about COVID. Yeah. They say nothing about this massive situation going on. Interesting. There are 350 million new cases among those four diseases, just those four diseases I mentioned, every year. Okay? Interesting. Uh, and it does not include AIDS. It does not include all the other things, uh, papavirus or whatever is that. But you get the idea. There's yeah. a lot of other sexual diseases. And, <clears throat> and you would think this is a crisis on hand. Mm-hmm. Here's the weird part that I never understood. If you are married, mm-hmm. or if you're, forget about marriage, if you're just committed to one person and right. only have sex with that person, right. not only will you not get those diseases, mm-hmm. assuming both are faithful to each other, right? right. But it's super duper healthy for you. Yeah, right? absolutely. All sorts of But isn't that interesting? You get, yeah. yeah. You get the same amount of sex right. in a year, let's say, just to use right. a time frame. A lot. Let's say you, you know, if you have a healthy relationship, let's say you do it every day, almost every, 300 times a year. Right. Okay? You do it to the committed partner. That's super duper healthy. Right. Okay? Now, go on this, this side, and you have the same number of sexual activity, 300, with different men, different women. It's extremely dangerous. Right. Extremely unhealthy. Right. That's fascinating to me. That, that sexual act can be super duper unhealthy in one circumstance, mm-hmm. super duper healthy mm-hmm. in the other. And to me, you know, we talk about God all the time. Right. So where is God in all this? What is God telling us? Right. Is it that hard to figure out? He's saying, get married, keep it within the marriage, and, and understand that this is fire you're playing with. This is a holy thing that I've given you, this sex business. Mm-hmm. And you're treating it, this gift that I've given you, you're treating it like a child treats ice cream. And that's, that's a shame. Right. But it's super dangerous. I, I liken it to uh, a child happening upon a plutonium rod in a nuclear um, facility. Right. And say, look, it's a glowy stick. It looks so uh-huh. cool. I'd yeah. like to play with it. Woo. Right? And it's... It's dangerous. Yeah. That's the way we ought to treat sex. So I, I thought I read that it was the Jews who created the institution of marriage. Yes. Yeah. Uh, the Judeo-Christian mindset created marriage. Yeah. Um, and uh, the Christians, you know, continued on with the sure. very important tradition. Yeah, absolutely. But this notion of family, uh, the Jews Jew, created a lot of things. They're the they, Old Testament, so it's older. Right. Yeah. Exactly right. <laughs> that one, uh, that one say the Christians don't subscribe to it. But right. We... we Jews created uh, the notion, well, I mean, w- with God, of course, yeah, God created right, it, right. of course, but he gave but the Ten the Commandments belief. to the Jews. Yeah. Uh, and before that, he gave the Seven Commandments, the pre-Noah um, commandments to all the world. And whether they took it up and listened to it is another story. But the Ten Commandments he gave to the Jews. The Jews also invented <clears throat> something very funny called time. Jews invented time? They invented time. The notion of time oh, is a... fascinating. It's, it really is, right? There's a great book about this called uh, The Gift of the Jews. It's written by Thomas Cahill. He's an Irish Catholic, actually. And he showed uh, his love of, of the Jews, and this was the greatest gift, time. 
because before before the Jews, every civilization was living in a circle. Think of it like a, a, ra a rat's wheel, right? Uh -huh. um, and you were lived, and you you died, you lived and died, and you you did something for the king. There was no sense of progress. There was okay. no sense of time. It wasn't even a sense of that you that you were the son of anybody, the daughter of anybody. You were. It was very akin to the animal world today. Mm -hmm. You know, polar bear. He gets. He's born to his mother. The mother takes care of him for six months, and off into the woods he goes, and he may not recognize his mother later on, two years later. Right. The father, nowhere to be seen, right? Right, right. Exactly. So uh, that's the way it was back then. And then the Jews, they kind of, they left that circle. And that's why in what Christians call the Old Testament, what you and I might call the Bible, mm -hmm. uh, there's this whole begat business. He begat this, he begat that, begat, begat, begat may be boring to a lot of people as you read it, but it actually is setting up time when you think about it. That blows your mind, right? Yes. It's pretty cool. That's so that's the reason why they do that. Because, and, and there's no reference to AD 1976 or right. anything else because that's a float, you know, depends on which culture wants to command the time calendar. But with the begetting business, you have a sense, okay, that was three generations ago, five generations ago, and so on. So, uh, and then there's this notion of always improving, always improving. Right. Whether that means justice, whether mm -hmm. that means the notion of truth, right. family. Tikkun olam, right, as they say, to make the world a better place. <clears throat> and this is our mission. Our mission is to, to search out for God, to see that God is there. Um, I don't know if you want to talk more about this, but one of the things I would conclude with yeah. is just to say, you know, one of the things I love about Judaism and, and the Christian world as well, for that yeah. matter, is we all share so much. Mm -hmm. In Judaism, there's a 613 mitzvot. So the mitzvah is, the plural of mitzvah is mitzvot. Um, and these are commandments that we've gleaned from the Torah. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and one of the very first ones is you shall know that there is a God. Okay? Now think about what that means. It doesn't say you shall believe that there is a God. We don't know. do that. Right. You shall know. Which means that you have to learn it. You have to figure this out yourself. Figure out that I, God, am real. You must figure that yourself. You have a duty to do that. Not just to believe. Know it. Wow. I, I don't think I've ever heard that. Yeah. I did not know that. that that's mind-blowing. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, that is a beautiful way to conclude. I do have one other question for you. Please. Um, because you talk about atheism kills, and certainly the rise of the sex machines, the destruction of relationships, family. Um, I'm curious your thought, and this kind of alludes to it, but on, like, agnostic people people who the so atheism you have suggested that it's it's destructive it, it right. kills relationship people individuals societies right um so what are your thought on yeah people who because i think there's a lot of people who are and not just and maybe it's not a coincidence maybe there there's a mm -hmm. correlation between this but i think there's a pandemic of lack of purpose right um and there's a pandemic Ooh, of like uh that. you know 
psychology would call it the borderline personalities, but it's really just a lack of identity. And some of it, I think, is mm-hmm. by design. I think right. they've destroyed people's sense of self. Um, and but then there's a, a real rise of people who, like your friend, said, I would like to believe. I wouldn't necessarily... He, I don't know that he's really an atheist. You know, he's somebody right. who's struggling with this, this lack of ability to... So, mm-hmm. yeah, what are your thoughts on the people who are agnostic and where that fits into society and the consequences of that? I used to think to myself that I really respected... I, I, I could respect the agnostics because they yeah. simply say, look, I don't know, the jury's still out mm-hmm. on this God business. And so I'm not saying there's no God, but I'm not confirm that there is a God Mm -hmm. and that sounds cute but if you understand that you have an obligation to find God then you're not doing the work necessary you're 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 trapped you decided that you kind of like this little uh, area called agnosticism and you don't want to kind of push the the door Mm -hmm. to to discover more it's not that well in a sense you're being lazy right but I also feel sorry for you because you're missing out if you're really agnostic, if you really mean it, and you really, you're open to the possibility that there's a God, then why not research more? Figure this out. Um, it's a little bit like what your fantastic analogy. I, I'm so upset <laughs> that, that I didn't you're think about it. You're welcome to use it. I, thank you. I appreciate that. Well, now, I, I always like giving credit. But, but this notion of I want to be really healthy, mm-hmm. I believe in being healthy, and they're doing nothing mm-hmm. to be healthy. They don't explore what it takes to be healthy. Right. How can I look like that beautiful woman? How can I look like that, that uh, you know, well-cut man? Right. right? And, you know, to me, I go to the gym once in a while, and I, before COVID, of course, and what I did is I the just... The best cure for COVID is to do everything that destroys your immune system. Right, yeah, exactly, naturally. <laughs> But you don't work out. I mean, but that's what would like you do if you, if you really wanted to be healthy? If you really wanted to look like that, uh, you know, healthy guy who looks, you know, like look, look, like you want to look like, right. right? What do you do? You maybe you approach him and you say, "Hey, what this podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network." For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.